With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is Alicia Purdy. And Alicia has thrown her hat in for mayor in the city of Albany. So, Alicia... That's pretty interesting. What made you decide to run for mayor? Thank you for having me today, Cynthia. So I get asked that question a lot, what made me decide to run for mayor. Um, For a lot of people, I sort of came out of nowhere, but that's actually not the truth. I have actually been saying for many years that I was going to run for mayor. And before that, I was saying I was going to run for governor. So stay tuned. Um, For years, I've said, to my friends and family, someday when I'm the mayor, this is this or that is going to change. Someday when I'm the mayor, and in my personal timeline, I had that maybe in 10 years from now was sort of what I had imagined. Um, but through a series of events, the opportunity was brought to me, and my husband and I discussed it, and he said, when, when else will you have the opportunity for it to be brought to you like this? You were asked. And um, so we agreed that, that this was the time. I said I was going to do it, and now it's put my money where my mouth is, so to speak. So I had I had met you when you uh, declared right down the street uh, on South Swan and Madison. Are you having a good time? I am having one of the best seasons of my life, Cynthia, to be perfectly honest with you. I am an introverted type of energy person where when we go out and, and we, we interact with people, we tend to become really tired at the end of the day. And I thought that that would cause me to struggle, but I have to tell you, I've become energized in a way that I just haven't before with meeting friends and neighbors around the city of Albany. I am so struck by the array of diversity, the beautiful cultures and I'm not even talking about international cultures I just mean little pocket cultures throughout the city that makes up our unique neighborhoods and I have talked to people from across the city all the way up to the tippy top all the way to the bottom all the way to the left all the way to the right and it has been a blast I am just really enjoying the process of creating a deeper intimacy with the people of my city so you've lived in Albany a while right so, yeah, I have – so I'm not originally from Albany specifically. I'm actually from a little pocket town south of here called Greenville. That's where I went to high school. Um, however, about 25 years ago, my family relocated up to Albany, and um, I lived here for a number of years. I taught for a while at St. Rose and I t- I took some classes at SUNY. I was planning on being a teacher, actually, in this area um, and then due to a family circumstance, I had to move out of town for just a few years, and we came back about four or five years ago, back into the city. So uh, you're, you're, you're familiar with the landscape of the city. 
Um, and of course, COVID has changed the way candidates have, you know, are campaigning. So I'm sure you've been aware of, you know, the campaign process in the past. How is camp- campaigning during the age of COVID? Do you have difficulty? One of the difficulties, I, I try to look at it in terms of silver lining, um, because certainly there are difficulties depending on how, how you look at it. But I personally see it as an opportunity. That's the kind of person I am. I like to turn opposition into opportunity. And so one of the difficulties of, of COVID has been um, not only social distancing and mask wearing, which aren't that big of a deal, but preventing large groups from gathering. So, for example, a fundraiser or giving a speech or meeting and greeting large groups of people in a small, in a small space, like in someone's home, which we might have done in the past. Those have been presented as opposition, but I will tell you one of the silver linings here has been the opportunity to harness the power of social media. People are online way more than they were before, um, and they're working from home, so they're you know clicking over to their Facebook page or something. So I have taken that opportunity to use social media to my advantage. So there's, there's definitely one, one silver lining there. Um, another one is when it comes to giving a speech or hosting a large fundraiser, um, that isn't completely off the table, although the dynamics have completely changed. And so that part remains to be uh, seen. A lot of people traditionally like to have these, these pressers and these fundraisers um, and, and really feel like that's the path forward. But in my opinion, it's just a matter of finding another path to meet the same goal. And that is part of the challenge. But I don't see it as the change as necessarily a bad thing. I actually think it's more in step with the way our culture was sort of flowing anyway. So um, you're running as a Republican, and you just told me as a conservative you're going to be on two lines. There has not been a Republican that's won in the city of Albany in, I believe, a century. Um, feel about that. In a word, Cynthia, I feel very excited. <laughs> Um, but I'll tell you why. So you're correct. It's been 100 years. James Watts was the last Republican that was, um, it was 1921. So it's been exactly 100 years. I think it's, wow. I think it's written in the sky. That's how I see it. Written in the sky. I think 100 years is a number of completion and we're ready to come full circle. Um, obviously, there have been comparisons made across the board, you know, things like the underdog and uphill battle and David and Goliath. Um, I, again, see those as a challenge in a good way, not a challenge in a bad way. I'm somebody who my personality is I love crushing goals. That's just how I am. And I am successful in that because I, I'm a perseverance-based person uh, and an endurance person. So I'm an endurance runner. I train in boxing. And I'm applying those principles to the way that I'm approaching the mayor race because I understand that the payoff will be big, but the intensity and the challenge and the longevity I'm going to need will be tremendous. And so, yeah, it's been 100 years, but did you know in the last election today, so as you and I are speaking, today's the last day of March, and it's the last day of Women's History Month. So I'm going to give you a little tidbit of information I picked up. The year in 1921 when a Republican won in the city of Albany in the mayoral race was the first year that women were allowed to vote in the city of Albany, and they flooded the election, and they elected a Republican. And I think that 
one of the reasons women voted for a Republican in the city of Albany was because um, th- that person represented things that they were interested in and they wanted to ensure that they were represented accurately. And so on Women's History Month, I really think that this is another one of those symbolic things that I think women will, and I specifically, will relate to each other because um, women tend to value things. Now, we all do, human things, livability and safety um, for families and making sure your kids are safe at the park. You know, these are things that traditionally women do. And we've been, as a mom, I've been struggling with those things, feeling safe at the park and, and wondering if there's, you know, trouble gonna, trouble's going to come our way or keeping my eye out, um, constantly on alert. And so I think, I think women are going to be a huge power um, this year in 2021 and sweeping the election, regardless of party, um, as just as a human being, I think that that is going to hold some water this year. And do you think your candidacy will uh, get more more women out to vote than in the past? Absolutely, I do. I think that women are an untapped power um, in any election, and history is replete, actually, with women advocating for the things that they want in their lives and successfully doing so. And now, finally, there's a candidate stepping up that um, isn't just a woman. Um, I think there is a difference between putting a woman in place and then the right woman for the job. And so I I applaud, actually, Mayor Sheehan for being the first woman candidate, um, successful candidate in the history of Albany. I mean, that right there, no one can take that away from her, and she earned it. Um, Now, and and we've had so many issues. I, I applaud the placement of her. However, as a woman, I think there's a right woman for the job, and we're in a new season. Albany is really struggling in so many ways, and I think that women are ready to put the right woman for the job in place who, who has a perspective that goes beyond politics. It's, my perspective is very much people-based. Um, we've had a politician as a woman, but, but my perspective is very, very, very um, different in that I'm, I'm from the people and for the people in a way that's very authentic, and I think women are going to connect with that. I think women can smell a rat, and I and I think that they'll see that I'm the real deal. So, what are the issues that should be addressed? Well, oh my goodness, that's a very long question. So I'm gonna I'm gonna nutshell it for you. I think okay. if I could boil it down to three words, I would say all the issues we're facing in Albany come down to transparency, accountability, and livability. Um, As I've been collecting my signatures, I've just talked to such an array. Now, of course, my signatures specifically were collected from Republicans and conservatives. However, I've encountered a large share of Democrats who might be married to that Republican or conservative um, or I, I certainly am out for other reasons. I meet business owners all the time. I walk up to people on the street. If I see a group of people, I walk up and say hello. I give them my paper. I do it all the time. So I talk to a lot of different people. Um, one of the number one things in terms of transparency, um, people don't really understand or are not aware of what's going on in the mayor's office and from the mayor's office. That's a big deal. And so there's, cre- there's a divide there between sort of the powers that be and the people who are affected by those powers. And, and people don't understand 
how those decisions are made, why they're made, um, what were the criteria. What, they just don't understand. A lot of that is because there's been a lack of transparency, uh, some intentional, maybe some COVID-related, but it, it goes well beyond COVID, well, well, well further into the past than that. People don't understand what's going on, and they feel like there's a lack of communication. So transparency and accountability. People ask me all the time, where are my ta- do you know where my tax dollars are going? Do, do you know why, you know, I drive, I talk about potholes constantly. Do you know why I'm always driving over potholes, but I pay $10,000 a year in taxes? So they want accountability. Where is their money going? These are everyday people, average, most of them are average income earners or less, significantly less in some cases. Um, and, and people don't understand what is happening to their hard-earned dollars. So um, that accountability and then livability, crime. Um, one of my most popular Facebook posts I've ever done was about off-road vehicles in Albany. I mean, that post blew up, and it really was very telling. People had, I don't think there was one similar opinion out of the 30 opinions on how to address this issue. And so, of course, crime and drugs and all of it pertains to livability. But people really have thought about this, and they are bothered. They're really bothered about these issues, and they want to talk about them and they want somebody to hear them and to do something. And, and they really feel a hopelessness and a helplessness that nothing's being done about the way that they live and what affects their everyday lives. So, so under those three words falls everything that we are, are working through as residents in the city of Albany. What about the proliferation of gun violence in the city? That is a major issue. It's actually not the number one issue that I encounter, but it's probably number two. Number one is taxes. Number two is violence, um, specifically gun violence. So part of it, first of all, this is a multifaceted approach. And I said this actually at my campaign speech um, when, when crime was being addressed, that we have to accept there will always be bad people in the world who simply just want to commit crimes. Unfortunately, That is the way of the world that we live in. So accepting that, the answer now becomes we we cannot possibly legislate crime because you can't legislate hearts and minds. You can't do that. Legislation is, um, you know, after the fact and tries to prevent. But, again, you can't legislate the way somebody thinks if they really just want to make their money by committing crimes or selling drugs or whatever. So now the answer becomes how do we address people who are using crime as a means to an end. Maybe they are living in poverty. Maybe they are um, afraid for their lives. So, so they get a gun before someone else can shoot them because they live in a drug culture. There are so many answers um, to why people are committing crimes with guns, power, fear, poverty. And so part of the answer is going to be finding those people who are committing gun crimes for reasons that we can help them with and then applying that help to that so that they don't need to, um, you know, we, have, we can address poverty. We can address why are, you know, what are you afraid of or finding people who would like a, a path out of that. That's going to reduce a significant amount of crime because not every person who commits a gun crime is a criminal at heart. There are reasons why people commit gun crimes um, that extend beyond just being a bad seed, if that makes sense. And so part of the approach is going to be a whole person approach, figuring that out. And then tackling, yes, there needs to be absolutely a stance on crime that shows gun crime that that expresses that this is an unacceptable condition in the city of Albany 
and there will be no tolerance for you using your gun to commit a crime in this city and threatening other people, destroying lives, et cetera. There hasn't been a really tough stance on that in the past. And from all sides, I hear from all sides, you know, there's the, the lawmaking side that says, we need to reduce the amount of guns in Albany and we need to make a no gun law. And then there's the law enforcement side that says, well, there are more problems than just that. You can't just say, take all the guns away from everybody. And so there's a lot of conversation happening around this issue, but I absolutely don't believe that one side is the true pure side of righteousness in this case and that one is wrong. I believe that everybody that grapples with this, has input that will help us approach a resolution to reducing gun crime. Absolutely. So you had just mentioned a couple of minutes ago that uh, the um, Republicans lost power in the city of Albany 100 years ago, and I've been in I've lived in the capital district since the early 80s. And I, I never really saw much of an effort on the part of the Republicans to wage campaigns against uh, Democrats or Democratic in, incumbents. Now, you're running for mayor. Is there any anybody who's a candidate for the Common Council that's uh, going to run as a Republican that you know of? Yes. So there are several across the wards that are running as Republicans, but specifically for Common Council President um, Jesse Calhoun, he actually ran against Mayor Sheehan in her very first election back in 2013, I believe. He ran against her, and he came the closest as a Republican to defeating a Democrat as anybody ever has. He really made strides. Now, ultimately, he lost, but she garnered so few votes that it really actually makes my win that much more, I don't want to say assured, but that much more reachable, attainable. Um, So Jesse Calhoun is actually running. So this was his former candidate for mayor. He is running for common council president in this cycle. Uh Uh-huh. And there are going to be common council people uh, or candidates i'm sorry right correct there will be some i don't have their names uh, off the top of my head or available nearby but yes there are a number of them that are stepping up to run as republicans in areas where they're just done and that really matters because said republicans have not made a a strong effort and not even local, definitely locally, but even even across the um, the state, Republicans have not made a really as strong of an effort as Democrats have to win. And so this year, when I was collecting signatures, what I was saying to people, I was saying we've assembled. A, I was calling it a Republican dream team, so really strong candidates with very great, with excellent backgrounds, solid backgrounds um, in their personal lives, in their work lives, in their experiences. Um, that are ready to fight for their wards and then in the larger picture, the city of Albany. You know, I know Jesse when uh, he ran for for mayor and then he ran against uh, Patricia Patricia Fahey twice. 
and he did pretty well. So it's interesting that you should say that Jesse's running again. So I'm excited. I, I think he's, a, he's a solid guy. Right, and and he's a young guy, which I think I think politics could use more young people. Wouldn't you agree? Um, absolutely. One one of the things I've heard from people in the Republican Party was sort of saying they've wondered, are we aging out of the out of the system, so to speak? And mm-hmm. people. So I'm 43. I'm not I'm not positive of Jesse's age, but there are um, there's just this year. I think at the end of last year was formed the Albany County Group, a chapter of the Albany County Young Republicans. That's a larger national um, league and a state league as well. That's a big deal, and I've met with the young Republicans, and they are civically engaged. They are filled with energy and passion. Um, They are meeting together, and they are attacking issues and supporting candidates. I had some of the young Republicans come with me collecting signatures. There is a next generation that is rising up because now is the time. And whereas in the past, those people who are, quote, unquote, aging out, they really do come from a different era and a different mindset of how politics are run and what politics should look like. And dare I say, a more gentlemanly process, whereas I think the Republicans of today are pretty scrappy and we're willing to fight. So I'm sure you've had many conversations with with Jesse about the, the state of the city. Um, does he feel the same way you do about you know, what's the important issues facing uh, Albany residents? Well, I can't, I can't speak for Jesse. I don't want to put any words in his mouth, but I can tell you that um, the passion that he shows for the city is evident in how many times he's run. It's like our own little Abraham Lincoln. He yeah. is running and running and running and running because clearly he's, he's willing to enforce change and be an agent of change in the city. And I love that about him. That's, that's why I think he's an, whatever he does, he's an excellent candidate. But all of these, these runs he's done has made him that much wiser and more experienced for when I believe he will overtake the common council. Okay, let me let me play the devil's advocate. And, of course, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know who will win, who will lose. But let's say lightning strikes. You won the mayor. And let's say all of the common council candidates are Democrats. Would that make it difficult for you to, to uh, govern? Well, it would certainly make it more interesting i'm sure so albany has a strong what's called a strong mayor system which means that the mayor not all mayors can sign off on legislation some actually it's called the weak mayor system are actually um they're sort of figureheads they're sort of representative sort of like the monarchy they don't really make any rules uh, but they're there and, and people know who they are and they kiss babies and cut ribbons so that's a weak mayor system albany has a strong mayor system and in a strong mayor system the, it's sort of like a presidency where there's the president signs off on legislation, but you know that the representatives in the Senate um, and the House create that legislation, and so that's kind of how it is in Albany for the most part. The Common Council would assert legislation, generally speaking, and the mayor would or would not sign off. So hopefully you're all on the same page, and we all live a beautiful life where we all are on the same page and making great legislation to advance the city. However, 
should lightning strike and I win? Actually, I don't see it that way at all. I say, should the numbers reveal themselves? Because really, it is a numbers game at the end of the day, um, collecting those votes. And the Common Council remains fully Democrat. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a yes and no answer. First of all, yes, it would make it a little more complex because um, the city of Albany has been so heavily politically agendized between the mayor and the common council that they're used to flowing like a well-oiled machine. And they're on the same page a lot about a lot of things. And while that can be a good thing, you also lack opposition and, and the voice of dissent. And that is part of what makes America great. It's having um, contrasting opinions. So right now we have groupthink and mob mentality and yes men um, all thick as thieves at the mayor's level and the common council. So when I come in and now I'm a monkey wrench in the machine, that could co- pose a problem, yes. However, um, I am not a divisive candidate in that way, and I'm not a hard party liner. Um, I'm a human being who is focused on the people of the city of Albany. And if there is something that the common council presented that addressed issues in the city of Albany in a way that was comprehensive and represented all sides of the equation as much as could be done realistically in a city of this size and this makeup, um, I have no problem working with with people like that. And I would have the expectation that they would have that same respect for me to say, okay, that's a good idea. Now let's hammer out the details. Okay, so most of your campaigning has been um, online, correct? Uh, No, most of my campaigning has been feet on the street, actually. Um, However, like I said, I I told you, I I drive through the city of Albany, I pop in and I meet people. I, I do stop on street corners where people are collected. I hand out my papers. I say, hey, I'd like to hear your heart on this issue. What do you think about this? I do that all the time. So, no, mine has been feet on the street, door-to-door, uh, door-to-door meaning signatures, but feet on the street. And then um, my social media I use to let people know things that I probably won't talk about on a street corner for lack of time. I really just kind of get my face out there for now, um, and I don't spend tons of time with, with each group but because I'm trying to really reach the entire city in as much time as I have. But um, that so the Facebook has been – Free advertising, if you will. Okay. So uh, you're going to go to duration because you don't have a primary. So Correct. Alyssa, I look forward to talking with you as this uh, campaign season evolves. I think it's going to be a very interesting season, and I think it could be a little shocking or surprising to some people. So, Alicia, give out your information on how people can contact you, send you money, uh, get involved in your campaign. Uh, How can they do so? So right now I'm actually working on building my website, but there is sort of a a placeholder website up there and everything works. So you can go to my Alicia Purdy for Mayor. So that's my name, A-L-I-C-I-A-P-U-R-D-Y, the number four and then M-A-Y-O-R.com. And up there, there is a link. It says Donate. Um, it has the mailing address to send a check. It has um, a link where you can send a campaign donation using your credit card or whatever it is that you have. Um, and then come find me on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, you just type in Alicia Purdy for the number four, Mayor, 
and you can like and follow the page. And I will say one of the things that is the most powerful right now is when people comment, like, and share my Facebook posts. I know it doesn't seem like a lot to the average person, but if they understand those algorithms on Facebook, it means it makes all the difference to my visibility to spreading the word. I call it the people's press. That really is a power that people have. All they have to do is click share, like, follow, and definitely comment to allow me to interact with them, even if it's just one word, like, you know, great or wow. That makes a difference, and that is a very powerful way to support my campaign. And certainly meetings, introductions, if there's anyone I can come talk to, even if they're on the opposite side of the equation, in fact, even more so, I want to talk to them and let them hear my plans for the city, and I think they're going to find we are actually all on the same page. Alicia, good luck, and I look forward to talking with you again. Um, Thank you for your time, Cynthia. You've been listening to Alicia Purdy, who's running for mayor in the city of Albany on the Republican and conservative line. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Alicia, have a great day. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.